Welcome everyone to the very first Down to Play with your host, myself, Dapper Tux, and the one, the only, Next Gen Player. We're here to discuss everything gaming from asteroids to Zagnost. Uh, you want to clue us in, Next Gen? What's Zagnost? <laughs> Zagnost, man. You don't know what Zagnost? Zagnost is... I, I don't... Zagnost I don't know what it is. So Zadnos is this weird, like, Russian party game that came out for 3DO. It's one of the funniest games I've ever played. So definitely check it out on YouTube. Zadnos. Well, if you're, not, if you're not sure even what Zadnos is, you've come to the right place. To kick things off, let's, uh, let's start with some introductions. So first, uh, I'm Matthew Dappertux Rondina. I've been involved in all things tech-related since I can remember, really. I'm a longtime veteran of the video game and tech industry. I've covered interactive entertainment and esports on the web, video series, podcasts like this one, uh, and finally launching our own here with Down to Play. Um, and I've even been on international television. So I'm Paul the Hunter, Next Gen Player. Uh, actually, you know what? I, I usually go by Next Gen Player, or I used to go by Next Gen Player, but everybody kept on saying to me, Hey, Hunter. Hey, Hunter. I, like, I get tweets. My friends call me up, Hey, Hunter. So I just kind of embrace the Hunter. So. Um, so yeah, Paul the Hunter, I've been, uh, let's see, I've been gaming my whole life. My, I started gaming when I was three. Um, I don't remember that at all. I, I was uh, obviously too young to remember what I was doing, but I know that my, uh, my parents, my, my grandparents said like, hey, Paul, you learned how to play video games before you learned how to read. And I thought, how does that even happen? Because don't you, like, don't games have menus? <laughs> how, how do I navigate <laughs> the menus? I don't know. But uh, yeah, so I've been gaming my whole life. Um, I got into games journalism uh, 12 years ago. Actually, almost at the beginning of the last gen. It was just a couple of years after uh, 360 and uh, PS3 launch. And um, yeah, I launched my own website, nextgenplayer.com. Check it out. Um, I haven't updated that site in a long time, but hey, you know, it's still there. Um, but then I got recruited by Best Buy. Um, they were looking for a gaming editor for their uh, their new. This is back on Future Shop when Future Shop was around. Um, and uh, so yeah, I did that for a decade. Uh, went to a whole bunch of E3s and Tokyo Game Shows and did some cool interviews. Um, and uh, yeah, so I've just I've been in the game industry for so long. And uh, um, you know, my my main outlet right now is Twitter. Just building up uh, that tw Twitter base and you know talking games daily um but yeah no i'm super excited because uh you know i've always had a lot of things to say about gaming and people are always asking you know what's what's your opinion what's your opinion so here we go we got a podcast <laughs> i think i think that's what we're both here for is just this launching pad to sort of expand something a passion we both had for so long and yeah continue to talk about gaming uh and you know i think it's just fun for you know our li or, or sorry listeners here to just sit back you know kick back relax and Listen to two guys that just love games talk about everything we know and everything that's trending and upcoming. Uh, so we're going to kick things off now. Uh, every week we're going to try to stick to a format. It might change here and there, but uh, we're going to kick things off first with, uh, with weekly roundups. And one of the big sort of uh, moves was Nintendo dropping Paper Mario, the Origami King trailer. Paul, uh, what are your thoughts based on the first trailer that we've seen for this? Within the first couple of seconds, I'm laughing. Princess, uh, it looks like like some possessed origami version of Princess Peach comes out, and she she asks Mario, "What is it like? Uh, do you want to do you want to be uh, creased and reborn? <laughs> like it's it's like such yeah, that was really that got that got real, and I loved it too because like the first like fifteen seconds of that trailer had like five 
paper or origami puns. So I was just like, okay, I'm in. This yeah, awesome. and uh, and then the funny thing was is that Mario says no. He's like, no, I don't want to be reborn as an origami figure. And then Princess Peach says, oh, like it doesn't matter what you say because whatever you say, it's paper thin. And I'm like, it's just the puns are funny, man. The puns are so like paper thin. Like, come on. And then they and then they what is it? They said. Um, um, there, there was like, uh, there was another trailer, um, uh, text that, that came up and, uh, what was it talking about now? It was like, oh yeah, it was like an origami plot unfolds. Yeah. Exactly. Unfolds. Like, like only, only, so... only Nintendo could really get away with something like this. And like, and again, you have to leave it up to Nintendo. They take an ancient art form like origami and make it, you know, new again for everyone um and what's really cool is that they dropped the trailer and boom it's it's coming out this summer we're we're, we're gonna have it drop july 17th which is which is pretty exciting to have the trailer you know people getting hyped for a storied franchise like paper mario and it's it's just around the corner yeah well the one thing that i like about what nintendo did and or, or continuously does is they just drop things out of nowhere right i mean like a lot of publishers will will they'll give you a a trailer of a trailer right like we got a trailer coming up next week and we're like come on man like give us the trailer don't give us a a tease of the trailer but um but yeah like nintendo knows how to get hype i mean they they just they drop that we're just like everyone collectively on twitter and the internet were like what (laughs) (laughs) this game looks amazing oh yeah it totally has me hyped for it it's it's gonna be fun like we're we're both we're both family guys and we've got uh We've got younger gamers, uh, you know, uh, we're dads. So uh, seeing something fun and cartoony like this, it's just, anytime I see something like this, now I get more and more excited because I can share that with Dapper Jr. And, and, you know, as I'm playing it, it's not something that I have to be like, like, here's a war where it's like, avert your eyes. It's nothing, you know, ultra violent. <laughs> it's, it's, more, it's more fun and, you know, it's, it's Nintendo. So it's going to be ultra creative, ultra colorful and, and fun to play. Yeah, I'm, I'm, definitely, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm 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 definitely there on on day one for this game. I can't wait. Yeah, for sure. On to a bit of heavier news. Uh, the very polarizing opinions around the Last of Us Part Two leaks. Um, Paul, you want to kick us off on uh, sort of setting the stage with this one? Yeah, I mean, like this happened a little while ago, but I definitely want to talk about it on the first podcast because I mean, it, that was it was a huge thing that's happened, and uh, you know, I. I just overall, I, I'm I'm shocked and 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 you know disappointed. Um, you know, like first of all, don't leak stuff. Like that's just it should just be a, a golden rule that everyone follows. Just don't leak stuff, man. Like don't leak it. It's it's not cool. Um, Especially it, something too that is so so story driven. Because for something like this, the the, the main pillar that this game and Naughty, a, game, a company like Naughty Dog is going to rest on is surprising people with a story, right? Like, it's one of those things where if you spoil the story, you know, multiplayer is, is not what people are coming through the door for here at all. It's, it's all about the story. It's all about playing through to the end to see, you know, what happens. Um, so, yeah, that, 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 I think that's one of the worst parts of this. But you're right, like, leaks in all forms. It's like someone, you know telling you what you're about to get for your birthday or for Christmas or for Hanukkah. Like they're just kicking down the door and saying, well, I know what that gift is and that gift is. That's what this is. Too bad for you. Too bad. So sad. Right. And it was just, it was totally malicious. Like it was, I'm going to guess there was probably only a handful of people really that wanted to be malicious, but, but they probably ended up making like, you know, a hundred fake troll accounts on Twitter and, and Reddit and all that. Right. So it's, um, yeah, I just like, I just don't see the point of it. Right. I mean, if you don't like, you know, if you don't like the company, if you don't like 
PlayStation, if you don't like whatever, um, you don't need to ruin it for people. You know what I mean? Like you don't, you don't need to, there's no, there's no need to do that. Um, well, I just want to say too, like, I actually find that there's a little bit difference. Like I, I'm, I'm not really big on consuming leaks. Um, I try to avoid leaks as much as I can. Um, but every now and again, I do watch leaks. Um, like a, a good example was the the Harry Potter that that leaked last year, which I there was like a, a two minute clip that I watched about for that, right? And yeah, I mean that was pretty much just some gameplay, and and it was pretty bad quality, so it's kind of hard to tell what's what's happening really. But I mean, there's a little bit of a difference I find between you know a minute and a half of gameplay leaking for a game versus hours of of a game leaking, and then also you know the main or some of the main story points on the game, right? Like there, there's a huge difference between doing that and 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 like intentionally trying to watch that and and ruin it and disappoint it for other people is just it's just not cool. You know, a lot of people were saying that you know I, I saw the leaks and I already know the entire story for The Last of Us Part Two and I hate it. Like I the game I'm not gonna buy the game now, right? And uh, but Troy Baker, um, he, had, he had a good uh, response to that, right? Where it's just like, first of all, you've only seen a, a small portion of a very big game, right? So you haven't seen the whole story. Anyone who says they've, they've seen the whole story, they haven't seen the whole story. Um, yeah. But also, too, it's a game, right? you got to play the game. Like, yeah. game, games have gameplay, right? So you got to, you can't, you, you need to know the context, right? You need to know what happens before and after all these scenes to to fully put everything into context, right? And and people were saying like, oh, I don't care about some of these new characters and blah 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 blah. But you know what? Nobody cared about Ellie or Joel until we played The Last of Us, right? Like, yeah, of course, exactly. you've got to build I'm, the characters. Yeah, like you got to you you got to play the whole game, and after twenty hours of playing this game. Then you may, you know, may or may not feel connected to some of these characters, right? But of course, you're not going to feel connected to new new characters because they're brand new. You haven't played the game, so anyways. And not only but, that, like think about even in like The Last of Us, the like the first game when you get the brief respite from the madness, and there's the moment of beauty where you see like the giraffes walking past and. Imagine that scene taken out of context, out of all that, you know, the characters had been through, you'd be like, well, this game's, this is a little bit of a cheesy scene. What's happening here? I don't understand. I don't want this game. Like that, for me, if you saw that out of context, sure, you might be like, okay, I'm not too sure what's happening here. I'm not into it. But in the full context of the story, that's one of my favorite moments in a video game. Again, I think it's, if you see, saw the leaks and you got robbed of it part, you know, Part of it already why completely let yourself lose every element of the magic and let's be honest it's going to be a pretty incredible game i don't know anything about the leaks thank goodness but knowing naughty dog sort of you know pedigree of storytelling there there's going to be some incredible moments that i don't think reading a paragraph of spoilers or seeing a few video clips of spoilers is going to do justice so i say play the game avoid the spoilers and we got to stop leaking yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's too bad because I think the game originally was going to release next week, um, but we got to wait, uh, you know, another another month or so for the game to come out. But uh, The Last of Us is my favorite game of all time. Um, it's I know it like it's constantly on, you know, the best games of the decade. And 
best games of PS3 lists, et cetera, et cetera. So I think a lot of other people, uh, you know, agree that it's 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 pretty awesome. So yeah, like I mean, this has done nothing to affect my hype for the game, and uh, I just I can't wait to get my hands on it. Next segment, we're going to take a look at 60-second reviews. So we're going to give you guys some quick hits on what we think of certain games that have you know, come out recently. First, we've got uh, Streets of Rage 4. Uh, Paul, you're going to kick us off on that one. What are your thoughts on the classic making its, its big return? So I thought the game was awesome. I loved it. Um, I, I love the retro revival um, you know, that, that's been happening the last few years. I think uh, Sonic Mania kind of kicked that off as, as like, you know, the blueprint for, for how to do these retro revivals. But, I, but yeah, no, Streets of Rage 4 is just amazing. What, what I love about it is I played all the original games uh, on Sega Genesis, and, uh, th like, this game feels exactly how I would remember what a Streets of Rage game is, right? Like, if I were to go back and actually play them, I'd probably think, like, wow, like, it, it's, like, you know, you know, it's kind of jarring when you go back and play, play some retro games, right? But, but this one, like, it plays exactly how I would remember, and it, and the graphics are amazing. So they kind of like they took the core of what made this game great, uh, this or this series great, and they just sort of updated that to modern standards, right? So yeah, no, I mean like it's just it's just phenomenal that the it's I I like that it's just like it is what it is, right? They don't they didn't try to make Streets of Rage into something that it's not. You you you, you get in, you have a cheesy story. You pick your characters, you've you got, like, what, a punch, you got a jump, you got a special, you don't have a lot of moves, right? You just get in there and you, you just beat people up, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's what I enjoyed most about it, too, is the fact that, like you said, they, they didn't need to, they, they revived it in a cool way, like, to give it a really, really fresh coat of paint in terms of some of the gameplay aspects, a lot of the presentation, like the comic book format for the story. It's very light on story, but that's what you come to expect from a game like this. But uh, no, them doubling down on what Streets of Rage is in terms of, you know, people playing together. It's, it's a simple beat-em-up. You're breaking stuff to get power-ups, uh, you know, to advance. And yeah, it's just that. It's just this uh, side-scrolling uh, fighting game that they decided to distill what this thing was 26 years ago into what it is now. And again, I've, I've been, you know, a lot of people have been reacting extremely positively to it. And uh, I've, had a, I've had a ton of fun uh, playing, playing the game as well, too. But again, like for me, I would say it's one of those best played with friends, if possible. But even a single player, I, I had a lot of fun with. So I don't, I don't know what, whether you were able to, you know, play any multiplayer or not. But uh, for me, I, I enjoyed the single player, which I got most of the time with. Uh, any thoughts on multiplayer? I don't know if you had a chance to jump into that mode. So as far as I know, it's actually three players local. Um, I haven't actually had three players local yet, unfortunately. Um, I have played a, a bunch of online games. So, um, you know, like the, the battle mode is, is super fun. Um, the, you know, just like playing through the campaign with somebody else was a lot of fun. There's the, uh, what is it? The, the arcade mode, that one, the arcade mode's crazy. Cause I think that's one where you've got, uh, like it's, you got like essentially no credits, right? Like you just, you, you jump in, you jump in and when you're dead, you're dead. Right. So. And I like, um, speaking of arcade and that, like, I like how they have like the retro graphics sort of unlockable for the characters. That was a really cool touch, making it look like a little bit more like CRT screen for, for some of the, for the characters, like the ability to unlock different skins. It was a cool, it added a little bit to the re replayability, um, but yeah, it was, it was a pretty cool little touch. Well, I was going to say like, um, like th that were, those were actually the touches that I liked the most in the game because 
you can you can actually select right out of the gate to have the retro soundtrack, which I thought was really awesome. Like uh, all those classic tunes that I remember from Streets of Rage Two are all in there. Um, yeah, you get all the retro characters, um, which is which is great. Except for Rue, where's Rue? I can't believe they, they left out Rue. He's my favorite character, but Skate's in there, so so I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that Skate was in there. Um, but um, but the other thing too is. Uh, I actually uh, I, I discovered a a hidden uh, room, and I found out there's actually three in the game um, where you actually you basically you take like a taser and you, you you taser an old arcade machine, and then it actually transports you back to the original game. So you actually go back and it, you have like the 16-bit graphics, and you you fight a boss that you fought back. And oh, I missed I missed that. You're giving me reasons here to go back. I I did not pick up on that. So that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I know. It's just like the. It, the fan service is just phenomenal. Um, if you like Streets of Rage, if you like beat 'em up games, even if you just don't like, if you just like having fun, like just pick up that game, man. It's it's I I loved it. Um, so I gotta ask you though, we got, we're gonna be uh, scoring games here on the podcast. Dapper Talks, what would you give this game out of ten? I think it depends, like who, how, and where you play it. For the solo, um, I think I'm going with seven point five out of ten for this game, and then with multiplayer, like it's it's gonna hang around gonna be on the high end of the sevens for me or mid mid like 7.5s uh the artistic style i'm already like second second guessing my own score here um i don't know the, just the replayability i think that's where it, it loses me a little bit in terms of you know like it take took about what three to four hours to to go through the main storyline if you went back with friends you'd, you'd earn a little bit more uh, in terms of replay value there but yeah i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna hold true at a 7.5 out of 10 for uh for streets of rage yeah so um i think i liked it a little bit more than you i'm going to give it an eight and a half um i am admittedly a little bit of a fanboy because i spent countless hours playing the games when i was a kid um so uh so you know it's it's on, on what what has it been like i feel like it's been two decades since i played a streets of rage game um or, or longer than two decades um but yeah no i just i i, I loved it um I am going to try to platinum. I think I'm at somewhere around like 60% of, of the trophies for the game for that. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's definitely uh, definitely one of the best games I've played so far this year. Yeah, it was one of those fun games to jump in and play. But now that you're talking about platinums, I got to go back and look at my achievement uh, list and see <laughs> see see what uh, what I can pick up before before moving on. Uh, but talking about games that you want to platinum or you want to uh, get that 1K with Doom Eternal. I don't know. I think universally, both you and I love this game. I think the easiest way to describe Doom Eternal, if there if there is an, an easy way, it's playing a playing an electric guitar on the roof of your house in the middle of a thunderstorm as rain pelts down on you, and every like hell spawn demon is trying to climb up to the roof of your house and kill you. <laughs> Thoughts? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Honestly, though, I, I, I have. There's no other way. I'm, try, I'm trying to imagine that, but yeah, that <laughs> there, kind there's of, no other way to describe the Eternal. experience that is Doom. Like it's just, it was just so wild to me. The graphics, uh, game, the music, even the intro in and itself. Like just, just the first few chords of that, that classic, you know, ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. I was just like, okay, here we go, Doom, Doom Slayer, baby. It's, it's, it's go time. Um, you know, just like the first one. Graphics for me were, were just absolutely top-notch. Gameplay, uh, near perfection, my feelings. Being able to power yourself up by hopping enemy to enemy with a chainsaw. I mean, there's still collectibles and, and pickups and things like that in terms of you know health and armor. But man, talk about like a rock and roll, or never mind rock and roll, like heavy metal way 
to absolutely bring your, your HP back up and your armor up. It's just, man, it's, it's absolutely wild. So I loved it, really enjoyed the storyline. Uh, multiplayer I played a little bit of, but for me, it was all the single player experience. Graphics, graphics were top notch. I love the, um, all the secrets, uh, man, there's so much to discover and get back on, on, uh, you know, back into sort of your fortress of doom there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm going to reserve right now my score. I'm going to let you share your thoughts and let's go from there. Yeah. So geez, man, Doom Eternal. Um, it's, I mean, this is probably a, a bold claim, but it's my shooter of the gen. So, um, Wolfenstein two, I love. Actually, I thought this. I thought the story of Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein Two was better than Doom, um, but just like, yeah, like the the moment to moment gameplay of Doom is is just it just cannot be beat. Um, what I have to say, like you, you nailed it when you said um, like the gameplay loop is just the best. I like the fact that I've got to constantly switch between flame throwing to get the ammo shards, and I've got a chainsaw to get the ammo, and then I've got to, uh, what is it, glory kill to get my health. And, and it's just like... With glory kills, by the time you get to the BFG, you're just like, man, this is tame in comparison to what's been going on so far. Now, the BFG, credit to it. But yeah, it's just every every weapon and element of the game, it just, it just grabs, especially when you know you're about to jump into an enemy encounter, it just grabs your face and just, just draws you in. Well, the one thing that I liked about gameplay i'm sure some people are, are gonna hate it because of this but i loved it was that i actually thought the gameplay itself was almost like a puzzle right like you had to you had to figure out because like what what i mean by that is that you know every enemy seemed to have a weakness right you had like the uh the arachnids where you had to like you had to shoot the the turret and then the uh uh, what is it, Kako Demon, where you have, it's the, the flying face where you have to throw the grenade in its mouth, right? But it's like... My favorite part with the Kako Demon is when you throw the grenade just right and it goes the go go and it swallows it and <laughs> explodes yeah. and then you, you can put it into its like death state. Yeah, no, you're right. Finding those like little... Finding those like little ways, the Achilles heel of each enemy, no, it's, it's, it's so awesome. It makes, the, it makes an already addictive experience like even more engaging. Yeah, and like by the time you finish, I think I had some like eight Let's see, I, I had eight weapons and then plus like the super weapons like the BFG and the and the Unmaker and all that. But um but yeah, no, like the thing I loved is that I I, I had to like normally in these games uh, uh, there's maybe a, a weapon or two that I like the best and I just kinda like default and favor those those weapons. But this game, you just you have to cycle through all your weapons, right? Like a shield guy comes, you gotta switch to your plasma gun and then the um you know the the uh, the arachnids come and you got to switch to your like your your scoped um, rifle right to, sh to shoot off the uh, the the gun at the top right so it's just like it's yeah. just the fact that I had to and then and then like on top of switching through all your guns to exploit all these weak weaknesses for the enemies you've also got to be like oh crap I I need uh, I need ammo so I got to like flamethrower right and then and I was doing things like you know like eventually you start comboing things where you you flamethrower people and then you chainsaw them and they explode into this like you know confetti uh, of of ammo and and armor shards right and it's just like or, or you freeze them and then you get yeah you build up the the armor i think it's yeah freezing you build up the armor shards but yeah no i love how they did that little they in order for you to progress in the game you really had to think strategically so a lot of people will see doom and be like okay you know like it's just 
you know, rip and tear, rip and tear. It is, but at the same time, there's a ton of strategy involved in, you know, sort of picking apart Hell's, uh, <laughs> Hell's minions, you know, in a more efficient manner, yeah. which I really liked. It's, it's, it's like this Beauty and the Beast sort of idea, right? Where it's just like, like I said, rip and tear, but at the same time, through the gameplay and carefully sort of plotting how you're going to pick apart the enemy, you've got the, this beauty and the strategy of it as well, too. Which is just like, how do you balance these two things? Like, id, man, they, id, Bethesda, it's just, it's just so wild that uh, they could pull this off two games in a row. You know, it sounds like we love the game. We both loved it. So um, I got a feeling our scores are going to be a little bit closer this time than last time. But what would you give this score, Dapper Tux? All right, one thing I'm going to touch on real quick. The only part of the game that drove me a little bit bananas was some of the platforming sections that I felt didn't translate perfectly through a first-person shooter. But, man, for all of, all of the extras that you get with the game, killer soundtrack, incredible graphics, uh, a storyline, um, and especially if you re read like a lot of the codexes and that, um, that added quite a bit to the Doom lore, I'm going to give this a 9.5 out of 10. Whoa, that's a big score. I think it's bigger I, than I me. love it. <laughs> I was going to say, like, yeah, my, my comment's very similar. Like, the, the platforming was sometimes fun. It was sometimes aggravating. It was sometimes just okay. Like, I kind of, like, ran the whole gamut. Um, so I'm not, like, super keen on, on that. But um, the other thing, too, is that I have to give it a little bit more time on the multiplayer side. I played... I played a bunch of matches one night. Um, I didn't really like it, to be honest. It didn't really click with me. Um, it seems like, like I, I want to just like jump in and have a death match and just start shooting people and, and you know, we all die and we all have fun. Um, but, um, but yeah, like this was like a really weird where it's like, you know, two versus one, two, two people are demons, one person's a demon slayer. There's all these different rounds and rules and, Oh, like, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm going to give it another try. I'm going to see, like, you know, if it actually sticks with me when I play it another time. But um, but it didn't the first night, and, and uh, you know, that kind of knocks it down a little bit for me. But overall, uh, the, the single-player campaign, absolutely phenomenal. So I'm going to give this game 9 out of 10. Oh, nice. So we're pretty close there. With those two reviews in the bag, uh, we're on to our hot takes for the week. And uh, we'll kick things off with the uh, Shark RPG. <laughs> <laughs> man eater so we we haven't had a chance to like play this yet but we kind of want to get our hands on it to share our thoughts with the next podcast uh my first impression when i saw it was like this is like a hybrid of jaws and and godzilla because you're a shark and there seems to be a storyline and and some semblance of, of of order but you're a shark that you just continually upgrade and just dole out uh, all sorts of, you know, your jaws of power and wisdom and eat, eat humans to somehow save the world. But again, this has got like a very, like I said, jaws and sharknado vibe happening. Um, it, it truly is like the Godzilla of the seas. I don't know, Paul, what are your thoughts on uh, this, this trending, trending game? Well, so I love ridiculous games. I like games that are silly, right? I mean, I, Earlier this year, I played Zombie Army 4, and that's where, you know, like, you're, you're, you're battling basically Nazi zombies. Like, it's completely over the top. I love games like that. You know what I mean? Like, like so many games take themselves seriously, right? And I like serious games. I'm going to be playing, you know, The Last of Us and, and, and Ghost of Tsushima and, like, all these, you know, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I'm going to be playing all these games where I'm super, like, you know, intense and 
phenomenal cinematic stories, but then I just like ridiculous things. Like, you, I, I just want to be a shark and eat people sometimes. <laughs> yeah, like I just, I just want to like. Uh, no, you're. I right. want to jump out of the water and 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 eat somebody playing volleyball on the beach, and then and then dive in the water and eat a scuba diver. Like I don't know. It just, I, I'm trying to like wrap my head around what this game is from the trailers. I I just don't know other than the fact that you just eat everything and blood is spewing everywhere <laughs> but um yeah like I, I guess there's rpg elements to this and it looks like there's a story to it um what you can upgrade outfits apparently for your shark too like uh, i'm hoping there's a dapper tux in there somewhere for my shark but <laughs> yeah and i know like but i thought it was like i thought it was funny and interesting too because the trailer begins with um it looks like it's a tv station and they're like this season on Maneater, and I'm I'm like this immediately makes me think of things like Death Race or or like Smash TV, right? Where it's like this this whole thing is actually a, a reality TV show, right? So like, I, yeah. what is this? Like, are the is this like a like a closed set, and they just put like random people on the beach just so they can get destroyed by a shark? I don't know. I don't know. I want to. Who knows? But I don't know. Some of the most impactful games out there are things like Goat Simulator, right? Or, or you know, uh, Goose Game, and that like you just have these, these, these. You know, I don't want to call them necessarily diamonds in the rough because you've got these just these ingenious concepts. Sometimes you're just like, oh, everything in the gaming industry is just kind of staying the same. And then, like I said, you get a Goat Simulator, you get an Untitled Goose Game, and it's just like, man, this is just such a simple concept, but it's just so much damn fun to play. Yeah, like yeah, Untitled Goose Game is, is like a perfect analogy to this because it's just it, it's it's like I think what I'm so interested about this game is that I just never even thought that I wanted to play something like this, right? Like it's totally it's yeah. totally out of left field. In fact, like I I I think I just found out about the game a couple months ago. Like I I didn't even know. I I think I saw somebody tweeting about it and I was just like, "Man, what the hell is that?" Like must've been in development for a few years, but I just never paid any attention to it. You know what? Actually, uh, I have to I have to give them credit to you because um, you know I'm probably dating myself, but uh, I I you know I like the original Jaws games. I got or sorry Jaws movies. You know I I've been uh, been I grew up with Jaws and uh, and just the fact that the trailer ends with the shark jumping on the boat just like that happens in in Jaws. I was like, oh man, this, I gotta play this game. So well, I can tell you one thing, Paul. With Maneater, you're gonna need a bigger boat, buddy. <laughs> Well, we just want to thank everyone so much for joining us, listening in. I'm Dapper Tux. And I'm Next Gen Player. You can catch us both on Twitter and Instagram at Dapper, D-A-P-P-E-R underscore Tux, T-U-X, and at Next Gen Player, that's all one word, N-E-X-T-G-E-N-P-L-A-Y-E-R. On Instagram and Twitter, we are always down to play.